Welcome back to the SVU After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. We are breaking down two episodes at a time right now. We are talking Season 20, Episode 13, A Story of More Woe, and Season 20, Episode 14, Part 33. Stick around! You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hello and welcome to the SVU After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. I am your host, Yael Teagle. I'm so excited to be back. Taylor Gates is here. Yeah, I am. What's up? Um, before we jump into things, I would like to remind everybody of who we are and what we do here. Uh, and if you need it, we have a hotline for you, the RAIN hotline, um, the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Please check it out if you need to, 1-800-656-4673. They also have an online chat where you can talk with them anonymously. Uh, because here on the SVU After Show, we understand that these are serious topics. And sometimes when things go dark, we go light and have to do what we have to do to get through them. So we we would like you to be prepared as we jump into it. Um, also, I'd like to, uh, real quickly, I know people are real confused as to why this current schedule and what's happening. Um, so we missed half of the season due to life scheduling things and we're unable to do it. So we're doing it now because we love this show and I need every excuse to talk about it. So we're here now and that's the best we can do. Join us, please. Thank you. Awesome. Let's jump into a story of more whoa. Overall thoughts? Classic SVU. Like yeah. a classic twist, which I did see coming. <laughs> Again, I'm getting better, I think. I think at, so. At, you know, figuring it all out. Like, the classic, like, Romeo and Juliet references. I'm like, oh, man, we're really going <laughs> Subtle. here. I love it. <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, I will say, I think the first the first part where it looked like it was they murdered their father because he was abusing them, I went, duh. Like, my notes say duh a bunch of times. So then the twist that it was actually... This to get away from him to be with the neighbor. I was like, that's a fun, unexpected surprise. But I still kind of called it. Because Greg was fishy from the start. Oh, absolutely. He was shady. But it was a nice surprise and a a change from what was looked like very clear cut. Yes, I was just gonna say because I thought that it, it was gonna they were gonna take the whole time being like, Oh wow, the girls were the, actually the one that killed him and like mm-hmm. it was gonna take us the whole episode for that. Right. Glad we nipped that in the bud within like the first seven minutes and then kind of went off and did something else. Yeah, I definitely um I feel like as a viewer for twenty years, you would assume that the detective of twenty years would come into that situation and go, I don't the way that the oldest sister, uh, Brittany, says, uh, take care of my little sister. And then when she's like, I just want to go home. And sh- and the older sister goes, daddy's dead. At that moment, in my mind, our 20-year veteran detective would go, we're looking at a murder. Yeah, I think they killed him. I think that there was no break-in. But no. No. No, we had to entertain their their stories. We did. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Um, so we start with 911 dispatch. There's a crying girl on the phone. We find that the father's been stabbed. We meet Brittany and Laura. At this point, my note says, the older sister did it. Of course she did. Um, Rollins meets Liv at the hospital. I really liked this quick little, at this point, I'm safer at the hospital than at home. Yeah. Foreshadowing. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> um, so we find out that Brittany wasn't raped, but Laura had genital trauma. And the story that they're going with, what a convoluted story. There was a man on the fire escape. 
He opened the latch on the window and came in. Um, he put a knife to, uh, he went to the kitchen. Sorry, nope. Laura called for Brittany, who yelled at him to go away, but he was already inside. That's not how that works. Uh, he went to the kitchen, grabbed a knife, put it to um, Laura's neck. He kissed me and put his fingers inside me. SVU detectives, that's where we start with, like, false. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's A, not, I think, how she would describe it. Right. But I did like that we got, you know, Carisi doing the whole putting his hand through the window and, like, trying to... Yes. Like, I love that. It's, like, old school detective work, which I appreciate it. I liked seeing it. I agree. So the Emmy says there are no defensive wounds. The stabs were shallow, and for whatever reason, this man did not think to put pressure on it because he was drunk and possibly not even conscious. Conscious. Um, the wine in the kitchen matches the wine in the glass. He bled out on the couch. And then we have the, the great moment with the window. I thought it was so good. It was, I liked I that. I love the big reveal. He's like, mm-mm. <laughs> he just sticks it. He's like, I can't reach that. I was expecting him to be like, you'd cut yourself. Yeah, that's true, too. There'd be blood on this. Yeah, but the fact that it was, like, too far of a distance, I was like, ooh, smart thinking, checking that out. <laughs> I mean, that's their little jobs, but I was like, I don't know that I would have thought to do that. I originally was thinking, because usually there's always a discussion of was the, bl- uh, was the um, glass punched in from the outside. Oh, yeah. And so I thought that we were going to start there. I took a forensics class. I thought we were going to start there. Well, they left her right-handed. Right. Like, we always ask those questions. <laughs> I thought that's where we were going. Nope, just a real quick, no, I can't reach that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, so uh, then the girls are brought in again, and we have um, Brittany saying, I don't care. My dad's dead. I don't see what difference it makes who killed him. It's like, okay, that's a little suspicious. That's hugely suspicious. <laughs> Red flag. That's literally the most suspicious. What does it matter? Uh, it matters well, a lot. Yeah. You were the victim of a crime. It matters who did it. What does it even matter? Ridiculous. And then Benson says to her, Brittany, I can see you're that you're an, an honest, honest person. person. I wrote really? that down, too. Because she clearly just lied to you. I feel like we're not... I feel like that's not where I'm, my mind is jumping to. <laughs> you know what? You seem honest. Yeah. <laughs> silly. Um, Maybe you seem scared. You know, you seem... Not honest, though. It's not the right word. Right. Right. Um, she says, who are you afraid of? We can help you. And then she's, Brittany says, I had to. I had to protect my sister from my own father. My own father was raping my sister. That's where my notes say, duh. Yeah, we've we been new. Right. So then this huge, okay, so A, red flag. Uh, my dad's dead. I don't see what difference who killed him. Great. Now we get to the next red flag, which is Laura's story is, on, it happened on Thursdays before Brittany came home. Brittany's story is he when he was drunk he'd go into her room at night. Yes. And at this point, unless band practice is going late, I'm just I'm looking. These cops talk to each other. Do they? Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently they just did not care about this huge. They don't clue. talk to each other until part thirty three. Okay. <laughs> don't even. Done. Done. <laughs> don't get me started. All right, um, so we tried to tell Greg, the neighbor. Um, Who's, like, 24? Like, he looked so young. I was like, do we trust him with children? I mean, he trusts himself with children. I guess. <laughs> Gross. All right. Wow. Thanks. Um, okay, so we find out that the dad couldn't have been abusing them because he has a meeting at the same time that he's supposed to be abusing them. Like, that's the wh- red flag? But, that, I mean, that's a pretty big thing. Like, it, like what? 
Like, they're gonna find that out. But to cops, like, why is her story? I, why is her story not well written? Yeah, it's like not like even close. Like he was literally has like a very obvious alibi. It's it's funny because one of the stories is that he would come in when he was drunk at night, and that can't be argued. Like no one can say that that's not what happened. Why isn't that the story they're both telling? Yes, true. Exactly. Thank you. Um, so we find out that Greg, the neighbor, has legal guardianship, which... Okay. And declines to allow them to speak to the cops. So we find out that the guardianship, there's an issue with the paperwork, the names are misspelled, so they go to the dad's I thought lawyer. that was so funny, by the way. Like, it wasn't even one letter off. Like, it was, like... A lot off. Well, to be fair, like, he spelled it the way you would assume it's spelled. Right. That makes sense But to wouldn't me. you be like, hmm, maybe I should check Instagram or, like, literally anything. Like... No. No, he wouldn't I don't do that. think so. I would have gone with the the normal spelling. As a copy editor, I would have double-checked. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I think my issue is the lawyer who's like... No, I wasn't surprised at all that a 24-year-old had a 16-year-old daughter. That's what daughter. I'm saying. I'm like, Greg is not, like, in what world? In what world? In, in... In this world, unfortunately. In, in the wolf like, He's a college student, essentially. I don't... He's a graduate, I would say. Okay, sorry. He's what, 24? <laughs> yeah, 24 is a college grad. They want to put him in charge of teenagers? I, okay, <laughs> fine. No, he great. wants to put himself in charge of teenagers. Um, so the girls are getting removed. Laura's uh, reveals it all. I love him. Tell them. I love a dramatic like love proclamation, like a really messed up one. Like I, I like we've seen that so many times in the show. But every time, I'm like, oh, it's good TV. I'll say this: I was surprised that his relationship was with the younger one. Hmm. Interesting. I definitely thought it was going to be that his relationships with the older sister and that together they'll raise the younger sister. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually kind of had that that thought as well. So the fact that he was into the younger one was a surprise to me. Yeah, okay. It's fair. Yeah. Um, so then he, Greg claims that the dad was going to kill himself, so he had to forge the documents, man. Thank All right. <laughs> um, and then the girlfriend reveals that she knew that the dad was molesting them. Oh, Susan. This... Useless. She... I... How oblivious is this woman? Very. It, it reminds me of um, when they discovered that um, the guy who worked for the cops... I can't remember his name. His wife's name is Pippa. Um, when yes. he was looking at kitty porn, and she was like, how could I have not known? And Benson's like... You know, predators, they're very good at hiding. And in this moment, I went, nah, he's not that good at hiding. He was not. Susan no, she was like... figured it out. Oh, Susan. She should have figured it she out. She should have. Silly. Oh, Susan. Um, so they're reading Romeo and Juliet, and it's inscribed with, from Romeo to my Juliet. Great expo- Greg exposed them to art, music, literature. <laughs> like, Greg is not cultured. No. Greg is not cultured. <laughs> Come on. 
So funny. Ridiculous. I love also, this might be jumping in the, the gun a little, but I love how Laura also like talks like she's from a Shakespeare novel sometimes. Oh, we're there right now. Okay, great. I'm not like other girls. I'm a real woman. That's a laugh. That's a lie. Like, that's a laugh? <laughs> like, you're like, what, 15? Like, who says no, that? No, she's 13. Okay, then, like, who says that? Like, times two then. So That's a laugh. Good. I'm going to start saying that. That's um. a laugh. <laughs> Um, so Benson says, I know it wasn't your father who had sex with you. She's like, I would never betray him. But he betrayed you. He told us he's in love with Susan. This feels like, um, shady girl gossip at this moment. Benson's like, he says he likes Susan. I loved it. Did you? (laughs) Yeah, kind of. I also loved, if you guys follow me on Twitter, which you all should, you probably saw the savage moment that takes place. And <laughs> yes, tell She's us. like, well, Susan doesn't even have a ring on her finger. And you don't either. So, like, what do you know about love? And Olivia's face is just like, oh, snap. Like, what a burn. <laughs> yes. Um, ridiculous. Yes, Hank Abraham. Thank you. Thank you to the chat for the reminder. It was Hank Abraham who went to jail for the um, kitty porn, was married to Pippa. I love this fandom. God. So good. The fact that we just know that, amazing. Thank you so much. I just couldn't place it. Yeah. I wanted to say Horowitz, but that's not it. No. Anyway. That's, that's clueless. That's fair. <laughs> no, but also Heshi Horowitz is the lawyer who becomes a judge. Anyway, so she has the ring, and as soon as we turn 18, I turn 18, we're going to get married. Okay. Um, so Brittany doesn't believe that this is happening. Um, she's like, Dad was raping Laura, and that's why I had to kill him. And then she is shocked that Laura lied to her. She didn't know anything about what's going on with Greg. She thought that um, that it was happening at night. Laura said that it was when she was at band practice, right? Like, this is that lie again. Um, and... I don't know what I wrote there. So, Brittany finds out about the ring, um... And, and then we get the inter the 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 undercover meetup sort of thing. Yes, okay. Obsessed. Thank you. I was you're like, welcome. my notes are off. I don't know what I'm no, writing about. It was a, it was a, it was a transition. Let's just say that. So we go to this wire section. Ooh, obsessed. I'm so over it. I can think of okay. So there's the one with the dentist. There's the one with the real the the um reality show. Mm. There's um. There's the one who with the the Finn Whitrock is the guest star. There are like 15 of these stupid wires. But like it was such a fun twist because Brittany goes off book. Okay, hold on. So she says to Greg, Laura won't stop crying. I'm scared she's going to kill herself. She showed me the ring. Did you ask her to marry her? And then she brings up a baby, and she's like, she might be pregnant. We should get tested to see if it's dad, unless it's your baby. I thought it was so good. I was like, oh, my gosh, she's going there. And everyone's like, should we, like, should we pull this girl out? And Libby's like, no, no, let her talk. Interestingly enough, the episode with the dentist, she threatens that there's a baby. The episode with um, Finn Wittrock, which is the, like, Wonderland story one, she threatens that there's a baby. I didn't see the pattern. I didn't realize the pattern. It's, it's, you can't keep doing it. Also, both of the other episodes, you have Finn say to Benson, guys are always afraid of the baby. So when she does it this time, he goes, wait, wait, let's see what happens. Because he knows that he's going to panic. 
you can't do it again and again and again. I mean, but, like, it's one of my favorite tropes. So, like, if you want to keep doing it, like, I'm fine with that. This is where we are. This is where we are now. This is where we are. Anyway. um, Brittany starts to freak out. I killed my father because of you. Rabbits. This is where we are. And then she stabs him in the face. Obsessed with that, too. Again, another trope. But, like, here for it. I loved that Me, too. It reminded me of the, um, the... John Stamos episode with the, yes, the with fishing knife, knife where they're that's... like boom and then she's like I'm just gonna enjoy my, my glass wine. of wine yeah, because I'm going to jail absolutely I'll say which, this which fun cinematic parallel if you guys watched last season Yale introduced me to Ice-T's newest video which is what happens at the end of that video with Kelly Giddish she drinks her wine after killing oh, her husband right. we just wanted that. to show you I just watched that on like Friday again you still rewatch that? Yeah, I showed my friend and I was like, well, just take a look at this. <laughs> so, so You're ridiculous. Love that. Um, I'll say this. I'm fine with her. I love when she's freaking out on him and yelling. I think that's real fun and I think that's really, like, yes, I liked that. I liked when she freaks out and stabs him. I don't know that we need a wire and her to threaten a baby. Okay. That's no, you where, have lines. That's you have where your my lines. lines are. They're very, very... This is where we are now. This is where we are now. All right. So he's going to jail. The girls are getting probation and counseling. Um, that's the main plot of A Story of More Woe. Such a great title. So let's head into the Rollins crap. Yeah, okay. Okay. So she goes into labor. Carisi takes her, is mistaken for the father. Wow. I wonder why. Um, and to force it on me. Oh, oh, they were trying to force it so hard this episode. I'm sick of it. Um, They are asked, she's like, don't leave me. Dr. Al arrives. He starts, I was like, what is he doing? Like, what is this? He's a freaking doctor. Why is he running around like he doesn't know what's going on in this moment? Because he's Al. Oh, he's going to propose. As he starts getting dead, she's like, that, that's okay. That's, <laughs> he's I like, no, I want that. everyone to hear this. Like, like, shut no, up. No, that's okay. <laughs> I loved that. He proposes. She says she'll think about it. Um, turns out she wasn't in labor. We have this moment where they're at the home. I guess it's his house. It looked real nice. Um, yeah, it's not hers. Nope. And he says he wants her to take a long maternity leave or quit. I just want to take care of you. At that moment, I went, no. No, no you don't. You want her to be an at-home mom. Yep. You wanted her to take care of the home. Gross. Have you met her? She's never going to do that. It felt ridiculous to have his character ask for that. And she's like, I can't marry you. I don't love you. I was like, savage, but fair. That was, that's Rollins. Yeah. Who, who is this woman you think is going to quit her job as a detective? For you? For you. Mm. Okay. Um, he says, I'm disappointed, but I'm glad I met you and that we're going to have a baby together. And I said, great. I hope to never see you again. Good riddance, Dr. Al. Remind me in a moment about that. Um, and, um, she gives birth and names it Billy. So now we've got Jesse and Billy are her daughters. Yeah, it sounds like about right. I like it. Yeah, that's cute. cute. Um, so, uh, before we move on to the rip from the headline story that we, that there's theory this is based on, mm. um, I would just like to point out that I had a chance to interview George Newbern, who plays Dr. Al, and I will tweet out that link where I asked him specifically if he returns to the show. Oh my gosh. I don't even know. I haven't seen it yet, so I need to watch it. It's great. 
I was definitely there to talk about... Do you get a solid answer? Uh, no. Okay, okay, I just wanted to know. But I was there to talk to him about something else, and was like, well, you're here, and it's SVU, so let's talk about it. I love that. Okay, so this episode was potentially ripped from a headline, and it is the uh, murder of... Um, I want to say his name was Terry King. So two teenagers, 12-year-old Alex King and 13-year-old Derek King, suddenly, um, blah, blah, blah. They bludgeoned their father. It was like a dramatic description. Uh, they bludgeoned their father to death with a baseball bat and then lit the home on fire to cover up the murder. Um, so they have been indicted with first-degree murder. And uh, if they are found guilty, they will face mandatory life sentences. Yikes. Yeah, so very interesting theory is that it was based on that. Was this actually ripped from the Shakespearean play Romeo and Juliet? N- no, because there was a much better Romeo and Juliet episode, um, and it's called Intoxicated Season 6, Episode 19. Oh, that is a good one. Where Stabler says, Romeo and Juliet killed themselves, not their mom. So good. It's a great episode. What a line. All right, let's talk about part 33! Let's do it. Okay, so... This, I believe, was a milestone episode. I'm pretty sure it was episode 450. That sounds right. um, Which would make sense as to why they did this very unique episode. What did you think overall? All right. Plot-wise, character-wise, was not feeling it for a lot of the parts. Mm -hmm. However, I will say, I really like it when SVU does these kind of more experimental Mm -hmm. type episodes. I think it's really cool. It shakes things up. I thought the direction and the cinematography was beautiful. They had some really, really cool shots. Um, I tweeted out a really cool shot of Olivia, like, looking at the courthouse. Mm -hmm. I thought that was cool. They had some really cool inserts of, like, her hand on the Bible and, like, the camera above that. Like, there were some really, really cool shots in this, and I thought it was really, like, visually stunning. Mm -hmm. However, had some problems with the actual characterization. But in terms of, I know this was, like, a very divisive episode. Oh, yes. Like, I'm for it, just because I like that they took risks with, like, the, you know... The format. The sort of format. But I agree that some of the characterization left things to be desired. Sure. Um, There's... I definitely was very angry through a lot of it. Fair. That said... I agree. I think I think the show should feel 20 seasons. Do something different. Why not? We have we've had a few episodes that have tried to do different things and I think that's interesting. One of my favorites one where they did something different um is the oh um uh agent provocateur is uh, the episode which it's the story of like the James Franco-y story. And it's it starts with the girl in the taxi cab and the song Let It Go is playing. Not the one from Frozen, if you if you love it, let it go. Um, and so she's I realize that's <laughs> Adina Menzel just No, sorry, sorry, not that one. So I love that when we're like she's in the taxi and then we see her zipped up in the suitcase and then she wakes up in the hospital. Yes. And then listen, I mean nine one one, that definitely broke sure. form. That when Mershka won her Emmy. So right. like it can be done in a really, really awesome, impactful way. And I think that this could have been that. Agreed. The issue was, it felt like the the writers decided this is the case that we're going to discuss. We need people on different places, and we're just going to randomly choose them. Because because our team has been dwindled down to four. So we have to just arbitrarily apply these things to their opinion. And I think that could have almost worked, but I don't think this was the case to do that then. 
Like, I feel like there would have been a more natural feeling debate if they would have chose something else. I know that, like, Rollins has, you know, this history with her mom and all of that, but, like, we'll it just it. didn't feel super authentic, especially for her character. She's who I had the most issues with. Yeah. But I feel like if you so, choose a different case, yes. that could come out in a really more natural way than it did in this. So let's jump into it. Uh, oh, before we do... um so underappreciated that guest star Paula Malcolmson was the defense attorney. She's from Ray Donovan. She's like a very um, amazing and well-known actor. Not appreciated. Agree. Not appreciated. Not Let's a, appreciate her. Yeah. Um, oh, interesting. Uh, Kate in the chat says Alex Chapel directed both Ancient Provocateur and Part 33. Oh, very cool. That's wow, bring a- her back. She's awesome. That's great. Um <clears throat> Okay, so we open, a woman walks into a bar, she's barefoot, she's covered in blood, she's carrying a gun, she sits, takes, puts down the gun, takes off the wedding ring. We need to get to the people and their thoughts. Agreed. <laughs> Thank you. Rollins takes her statement, Finn moves her to interrogation, Benson sits down. Who we jump into the trial. I really, look, that's, I think, a very interesting way to just jump into this. Turns out, thank you, Stone, narrate for us. Annabeth hosted a party with her husband. Three hours later, after guests left, um, she put on a nightie and shot her husband while he was watching TV. She confessed. Um, and then we find out, he says, was she abused? He never hit her. Uh, and then her attorney responds that the dinner was a culmination of six years of psychological abuse. Criticism and blame. I wrote it all down. <laughs> nice. Um, all right. So when we start, we have Rollins and Finn alone. They're wondering if Liv's going to show. Um, and they say her testimony will be the nail in Annabelle Annabeth's coffin. Um, but if she doesn't show, she'll probably walk. So at this point, we're going, what? That's yeah. weird. That seems very odd. It does. Right? Yeah. All right. So here are Finn's thoughts on it. I wrote it like, here are their thoughts. <laughs> Finn's thoughts were like I've, a th- sentence. Three <laughs> thoughts. I don't judge. We can only do our job. This is just another case to me. Any other thoughts? That was pretty much it. Literally, that's what I wrote. All right, so then on the stand, this is what we get from Finn. My lieutenant thinks that Annabeth was abused. Um, He was shot two times in the chest, one in the crotch. And then when he's asked, was Annabeth, uh, did she claim she was raped? Not that I'm aware of. And that's Finn. Honestly, though, I like the way they wrote Finn because it feels real to him. Yes. That Uh, felt super real. Like, that is how Finn is. Like, yes, he does have a certain amount of empathy, and, like, he does have, you know, a rich inner life and everything, but it is kind of just a job for him in a lot of ways. His empathy really seems to be limited to um, children, Mm. drugs, Mm. drug abuse, children of (laughs) drug-doing parents. Right. Um, And I would say people of color. Yeah. Which... I think it's fair. Right. I think those are all fair things to be sympathetic for. Yeah, this was not a case that he would have, I don't think, felt overly uh, no. passionate about. No. Uh, I don't know if you heard this, but this is just another case to me. Just do my job. Just do, we can only Eat do our job. donuts, do my job. I don't judge. <laughs> just the jelly ones. All right, let's move on to Carisi. Yes. Ugh. Oh, Carisi. Okay, so Carisi thinks that it's wrong that she's being charged. He brings up uh, the time that Finn and Rollins took it more than just a job when Finn went all the way to Cuba and Rollins and Esther, which I was like, go into that more. Let's talk about that more. I actually love that he brought that up, though. I was like, yes, back it up. (laughs) Absolutely. Facts. (laughs) Um, He feels responsible 
and saying that they should feel responsible because they have the power when they take the stand. Who the hell are we to do this? Um, and then if we find out that he knew the victim in the academy, he was a prick. He was a macho piece of crap. So this is, I think, the first time we find out that he was a cop. Oh, wait. He was a cop? We didn't... <laughs> he was a cop. <laughs> That's like Rollins' like, lines for the first 50%. We're not a Rollins yet. I'm sorry. I just had to. You said it. I couldn't resist. But he was a cop. He was a cop. This is the first moment we found that. All right. Um... <laughs> Carisi wishes he wasn't worse with a con- wished he wasn't cursed with a conscious. Um, it's important what we say and how we say it. Uh, and he says killing Tommy was Annabeth's only option. It's against the law, but morally the result is just. Um, and he tells the story about a domestic violence call he went on, where he told her to stand up for herself and leave. And next time he got the call, she was dead. Yeah, I. I feel like that story, I would have preferred someone else tell it. Why is that? I don't know. It just, it. I don't, I don't know. There's something about it that I went, I would have preferred Rollins tell us this story. Oh, but that wasn't her role in this episode. I <laughs> know. All right. So on the stand, anything else about he, what he said before he got to the stand? No, that's pretty much it. But I did like the fact, one thing I did kind of like about this episode was the conversation that was brought up about, like, the way you say things and how that, yes. like, I thought that was really interesting because it's true. You can say things in different ways on the stand and the jury's oh. going to take it so differently. And I Absolutely. did like that. That kind of started that debate, too, because I thought that was a really interesting thing to kind of discuss in this episode, too. I agree. Um, so he uh, went to the home slash crime scene. Was there a sign of a fight? It's impossible to tell. I I disagree. I think because the, the question wasn't was there a fight, the question was was there a sign of a fight? No, no way to tell. The, there is a way to tell. A sign is something you anyway. She could have straightened up, but no, there was no sign of a fight. Great, you could have been like there was no sign of a fight. That said, there may have been one. There were just no signs of it. Yes. Um, the paramedic said that she had no injuries, but that she was in shock. And then he starts going off about how she could have been in shock before she shot. Um, and it's not uncommon for a victim to go into survival mode. And we talk about the TV. Um, it was on, but it was muted almost as though they were speaking before he was shot. I thought that was kind of a weird thing to bring up. That it was muted? Yeah. I mean, it, it that's... I was just thinking about my life. I pause. That's I'm the a, thing. I'm a pauser. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> but I mean, you can fight the TV on or off. I don't know. Right. It felt weird to me, but. I think the idea was to get, for some reason, she, at that point, she, the defense attorney knew that he was on her side. And, <laughs> That's so true. And, and Stone she was, was like, like, what? <laughs> he could have been saying, I love you. And he was like, or he could have said, you ruined dinner, bitch. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I love how the defense attorney's just like doing the exact opposite because she knows that he's going to do it for her. Right. I loved it. Anyway, Stone's mad. So then Shocker. Stone goes to Benson. This is the part, I'll say this. Everyone knows that up until this point, I have not liked Stone. This is the moment. What? This, he was a cop? He's a cop? This is the moment that I went, no, I can't stand this character. And where we go from here, surprisingly there was an episode that did start to win me over but at this moment i went this is ridiculous um so stone says 
to Benson. When I walked in this morning, I had a no-lose case. Two witnesses later, and I'm treading water. Sounds like a personal problem. Um, so the question is, did he lie? No, the truth comes in many colors. And Carisi picked the one he could live with. Oh, what a good line. It was so great. Yeah. And then Stone says, the thing that made me go, get out of SVU. Leave. This is ridiculous. You do not belong here. And it's completely unacceptable. He says to Benson, first of all, you don't speak to Benson this way. Unless spoken to. Yeah. He says, keep your bleeding heart out of my courtroom. He's not welcome here. No. It's like he doesn't understand his job. I also then went, why are we doing this case? Yeah. Right? If we're saying that she was not abused, why are we doing this case? Right. Why is this in SVU's hands? I don't know. It's another thing that makes you think the writers went, we need a story that they can all debate. Right. And not, this is SVU. Correct. I agree with you. He's clearly not our ADA. He's not our guy. He's not. He's, He's not, just in our, not our guy. Anyway, let's talk about Rollins. <laughs> okay. He was a cop. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm, I'm skipping through because it feels repetitive. Um, oh, so she says that she thinks that the victim should have been killed on the job and not shot by his wife. What? Like, literally, what? Agreed. Agreed. I just, like, don't get it. Agreed. Like, he should have died with more, like... Honor? Why? So, uh, Carisi asks, is it because she promised to honor obey? And then her response is, no, because he was a cop. This, this conversation makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. It, like, we know, yes, like, we know, yeah, Rollins is Southern, she, you know... So what? Like, loves, like, more conservative in terms of... That, but, like, what? Like, what? <laughs> Come on. She says Annabeth should have ignored his words. Rollins doesn't see her as a victim. He was a cop. He, he wore was the cop. same shield as we do. <laughs> he was a cop. He was a cop. Um, I think she was... Do- she knew what she was doing, and she didn't care. She chose to end a man's life. Why didn't she leave? For it to be justifiable, there had to be an immediate threat and then we have a conversation this is another moment where i got real angry where rollins see victims where there aren't any says to benson why is everyone so rude to benson this episode so rude you you don't speak to her this way it's like going up to the pope and being like you like burgers get out of here you don't ask this (laughs) what (laughs) i mean i love the analogy you don't ask the pope stupid questions yeah that's fair I also am making assumptions about the Pope. I don't know. I was like, I, I mean, he's not a vegetarian. I don't know anything about the Pope, girl. All right. He says, she says, I love you and I respect you. But also, here's me disrespecting yeah, also, you. Also, it's like, no offense. I'm going to say something rude now. I'm not racist, but here are a bunch of racist crap. I love you and I respect you, but sometimes you see victims where there aren't any. Incorrect. Incorrect. I just, okay, I feel like, I feel like these viewpoints, like, toned down, like, reined in a lot. I was like, that makes sense that Rollins would think that. Like, if they were, like, very much, you know what I mean? Like, not as overt, and, like, she was almost a caricature of herself in this. Uh, Of someone else. Yes. I would also say, a lot of the things that she said, call me sexist, a lot of the things that she said 
I would have expected more out of a man than uh, out of Rollins. Which is so annoying because we actually do get a kind of a good conversation between her and Carisi about, like, sexism in the workplace. Yes. In the same episode! Right. Um, also, as a rape victim, because she, we are aware that she is one, this seems very out of place. Right. Um, so then she talks about her mother and how her mother didn't have to be a victim and that she... Uh, her mother was weak and that she blames her. I got so mad. My notes are just angry at this point. I... Have we planted this <laughs> seed earlier? I don't remember no, this part of her. No, Because we've seen her mom before. And I, oh, and we granted that her mother was beaten. Okay. that the, Yes, her mother was a victim of domestic violence. That was planted. Yes, we just haven't gone into it. I, I think I vaguely remember that. Because I'm trying to think of the episode where her mom comes, and I don't remember it super, super well. But it, it just it doesn't feel like they have this... Like, it doesn't feel like she has this anger. She doesn't have the anger that her mom is weak. She... she in fact, she has the anger that her mom is uh, always takes her sister's side. Yeah. It's like a different, there are different issues That's here. what I'm, yes, that, that was my thought exactly. All right. I, I just got so angry. Oh, okay. So, on the stand, she said she took the initial statement. She said that she killed her husband. She offered her a lawyer and she said, I don't need it. I did, I did it. Why would I need a lawyer? And uh, did she say why she did it? Because he didn't like her dinner. Thanks, Rollins. Bye. So helpful. <laughs> Um, then, for whatever reason, we have Charlie from the courthouse who has a sweet tooth. I kind of loved him. I did, too. I feel like it was very weird. Like, why did we keep that in? I don't know, but that's fine. Oh, we got time. We don't have to cut it. Great. Well, he was talking about his great marriage, and we, I guess, were comparing it to this bad marriage. Like, we don't need that. Like, we know. Oh, we didn't need that at all. No, that's what I'm saying. Annabeth takes the stand. Um... They show her Tommy's gun. She talks about how he cleaned it. Um, he kept it out where she could get to it. She asked him to put it away. He said it was part of him. It made him feel strong like a man. This moment, I went off on a weird tangent in my head about women who love guns. Yeah. I was like, does it make them feel strong like a man? I'm very confused. Couldn't tell you. Okay. I definitely went on a weird... Oh, I wonder if that's what <laughs> Anyway. Um, the gun was like a lion showing his teeth to a zebra. Zebras. <laughs> I just, I'm not going to lie, immediately thought of the season 11 episode. Zebras? Yeah. Oh, with Stucky? So good. Big Bang Bong, guys. Big Bang Bong. What right. an episode. So funny. All right. So he controlled her life. She never told anyone. I used to have friends. Did he hit her? No. Now we're getting to another part where I got so freaking mad. Did he ever rape her? We had sex lots of times when I didn't want to. Did you tell him? No. In six years of marriage, you never said, I'm not in the mood, I have a headache, not tonight. No. That's not rape. All right. Let's just unpack this, because we spent 20 years saying how this is not okay. I, okay. Stone, can you read a book? Can you watch seasons 1 through 19? Has, what is he doing on our show? I don't like, that's the thing that I think kills me, is that this case feels like it should have been any other lawyer. Like, Stone shouldn't have even taken it. Oh, and that's the thing. Like, we spend so much time trying to, like, hype him up and, like, get us to love him. And then you, like, do this. Like, what are you trying to achieve? I don't understand the thought process behind that. I agree. Either you make him a villain, 
or you make him like one of our people like you like making characters complex and flawed is great but doing it in this way like a doesn't make sense and b is just like messed up it's we've had lawyers who we disagree with or who are hard like sonia paxton's a great example right she was rude and always super hard on them was like i can't do anything with this get me evidence do your job even our defense attorneys sometimes like we like them more because they are like make sense as characters this i i hated every minute of him in this episode yes it also made no sense and i went wait is he on our show or is he stopping by to be a jerk i don't know jerk is polite that's not what i just don't i just don't get it Okay, let's quickly get into Benson. Um, So Benson wasn't sure if she was even going to show, which is a whole other question we need to talk about. Is that allowed? Benson would never not show. That's the thing. I'm like, there's no way. Um, Carisi suggests that she should color her testimony. Um, Benson tells Rollins that maybe Annabeth didn't see another way out. Um, And if I tell them exactly verbatim what she said, she'll be convicted. She tells Rollins that... um, She tells Rollins... That she was a victim for seeing her father beat her mom and that it colored her universe. And I think that would have been so much more interesting. Yes. Instead of Rollins going off about how her mom shouldn't have been a weak victim. I agree. Hearing I was like, how the the abuse on her mother affected her would have been great. I was waiting for like a breakthrough moment and it nope. didn't come. Well, so the breakthrough moment comes in a weird way. So, um... We'll get to that in just a second. The breakthrough, weird breakthrough moment there. Eric, what's on that? Um, I know in my gut that she was powerless to leave, says Benson. If I tell the truth, this becomes a revenge killing um, that is never justified. What about the gun? He didn't leave it out just for show. Uh, She didn't have to say it was a threat because it was. Um, Where he was shot was not a mistake. Like, (laughs) it really makes me go... Yeah, I've seen 20 seasons of this show. Exactly. Rollins has been here for seven. She should know these things. Exactly. We know from, I believe, episode one that um, when it is, there is damage to the genital region, it's because it's personal. There was some sort of attack. So this feels ridiculous to be like, Rollins, I don't know if you know this, but she shot him in the groin and like, that matters. Amanda is just so much smarter of a character than this. She's so much better of a character than this. Like, I constantly find, I like, I like Amanda a lot as a character, but it sucks to keep defending her and, like, trying to, like, to defend her to myself because they do stuff like this with her that it's just, like, so out of character. It, there have been multiple episodes this season where we just went, we need somebody to do this. Amanda. Let's just throw her in. Yes. Which is like, weird because she's very well developed. Exactly. And they're kind of, you know, going back on that. It's frustrating. All right. So we have this moment where Benson says to Rollins, you have no idea what utter terror is. Pure and utter terror. And then she gives us this very terrifying uh, story. She says, you don't breathe because you're fra- you're scared it might upset him. You don't close your eyes because you're afraid you won't ever open them again you pray dear god don't let him climb on top of me again no one should live like that we have established that lewis did not rape benson correct it has been confirmed again and again i don't know that i had a problem with that to be honest though because we know that he obviously hurt her and 
like assaulted her in ways and kidnapped. Like we know that he did a lot of bad things to her. So I didn't think that was so much of a stretch that that bothered me necessarily. Mm. Um, I was very annoyed. It seems like she has a breakthrough moment. She says, Tommy was not Lewis. She wasn't being held hostage. And then Ben says, wasn't she? All right. So then Finn comes in and we have this weird, <laughs> he says, not my place to judge. We know. He has this weird fishing story. And his moral of the fishing story is anything that's willing to fight that hard to stay alive deserves, deserves to, to live. live. <laughs> okay. So Benson takes the stand and she says, she's asked, did she express remorse? Taken out of context. Her words can be misconstrued. Did In she, any context. Did she express remorse? No. What did she say? She was glad he was dead and she'd, been, she'd prayed about it for years. Executive producer Dick Wolf. Yep. What um, a weird place to end that. I wanted the verdict. Look, Benson was never going to lie. Exactly. That's Carisi exactly. was never going to lie. Crazy even is like, I know more about the law than all of you. He was not going to lie. A hundred percent. None of our people should lie. That's not the show we watch. And if she would have lied, it would have been angrier, I think. I agree. The thing is, we've had episodes where she's been asked to lie and she doesn't. So she's not going to. No. So... There was never a question of whether she would lie, which, anyway. Um, we have run out of time, but we want to tell you some news, if we can still hit that. Yeah, we can. Awesome. Um, there has been a tweet that was released, uh, and it is the Season 21 writing team. We're going to start an activity on this after show, I think starting next time, um, where we discuss our requests for Season 21. Our wish list, so to speak. Yeah, we're going to do that. Um, it's really amazing, the new um, team that we have. It is incredibly diverse. Let me read this real quick to you. It is majority 30%. female. Yes. 30% people of color. Um, and we are so, so excited for season 21. Um, also, Taylor's poll is available. We'll tell you what that is in just one second and where to find it. Um, but because we're doing multiple episodes back to back and a crazy schedule, we're going to tell you that on Sunday at 3 p.m. we are doing two episodes oh. Um, let me really quickly pull those up for you. Um, we're doing two episodes at 3 p.m. and then another two episodes at 6 p.m. Um, so the episodes that we are doing at 3 p.m. They're the next are, four. Yes. But at 3 p.m. we're doing season 20, episode 15, Brothel, and then season 20, episode 16, Facing Demons. So Ooh, excited. Brian Cassidy, yeah. At 6 p.m. we are doing season 20, episode 17, Missing. And then at uh, 6 p.m. we are also doing season 20, episode 18, Blackout. So that's us Sunday. We're doing four episodes, two and then two. And then we'll be back next Wednesday for another two. And then we'll be back for Sunday for another two and then two. Whew, and then we'll be all caught up. All us view all the time. All us view all the time. Taylor, we have a poll going. What yeah, is it do. and where can people find you? The poll is, it's a pretty savage question. It's <laughs> what's your least favorite SVU episode of all time? There, There's so many good ones, but there are also some that are, you know, you know, maybe not your favorite. Um, the options are Part 33, Undiscovered this Country, episode. Community Policing, and Something Happened. However, if you have a different one, comment below. I want to see all your thoughts. I'm so curious. You can find that poll and me if you want to talk SVU. Twitter, Alphaba underscore Anne. Instagram at Taylor underscore Gates underscore. I'm also on the Dead to Me After Show. Check that out. 
I'm Yell Teagle. I'm everywhere at Yell Teagle. That's Y A E L T Y G I E L. You can find me always talking SVU at all times on my Twitter and here. I will also be tweeting out the interview with George Newburn at Yell Teagle, Y A E L T Y G I E L. Or you can YouTube my search my name on YouTube and George Newburn, and you will definitely find it. We'll see you on Sunday. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.